Hi, I'm Will Jarvis. And I'm Will's dad. We both love and are fascinated by stories. Stories about people. Stories about places. And stories about events. Our stories give shape and form to life. They give texture, color, and rhythm to the blank canvas that every new day presents to us. And they do that by informing us of our past as a directional marker for our future. Okay, Will, it's narrative time. Tell me a story. Cool. So uh, this is take two, guys, um, of this episode here with Eric Smith. Um, first file got corrupted, which was quite exciting, but we're, we're still in the fight here. We're going to redo it from scratch, from verbatim. Every word, yeah. if it's not the same. Yeah, I remember everything I said. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we'll get right into it. Eric um, is a good friend of mine. He's been my coworker for, what is it, four years now? Yep. Years. Yeah, um, we figured this out already. We, we already figured this out, <laughs> so we've already been through this. It's great, man. Uh, he's been my coworker for four years. You got your, uh, you, an undergraduate, what did you study? Math, statistics? That's, well, you got it. I did. Bang, bang, yep. bang. So math and the statistics, and I also took a lot of uh, graduate st- statistics classes. Um, That's and awesome. And then I went to, well, I went to NC State again for my master's Another in analytics. One. And that was a one-year, well, 10-month program. Um, so it took one year to get that. And you did, did you do that back-to-back? Yeah, I didn't. Okay. I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't work anywhere. I didn't do an internship. I just went straight to uh, grad school. That's really cool. That's cool. Um, there was actually no break anyway, so it's like you graduate on May 5th or whatever. From yeah. Undergraduate, and then it's like, okay, June, you start. Go! It's like... Yeah, I had like three weeks off, so I don't even know <laughs> what cool, I did. Man. I don't That's remember, cool. but yeah, basically no downtime, just jump right just, in. Just back to back, um, and and we we haven't talked about this yet, so I, I'm just going to veer off course, man. No, we'll, but yeah, you played in the Triangle Wind Ensemble. Yeah, and you still do. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know how it's going right now, but technically, I'm still part of the group, and they are just with working on other ways to proceed. That's really cool, man. That's cool. Uh, and what do you play? I play French horn. Very nice. And did you get started in high school with that, or no? I started well. Actually, I started piano in well preschool, I guess technically. Nice. So I played instruments for a while, and then in fifth grade, um, you know, I I wanted to play French horn. Actually, my dad is a French horn player, but we can get back to we'll get back to him later. Uh, but um, so I wanted to play French horn too in fifth grade, and they were like the teacher band band director was like no you should start on trumpet and so oh, I, I started on trumpet uh, i played trumpet in elementary school and then one year in no maybe a half year in middle school so i you know in sixth grade i played it like half of the year and then i switched to french horn like the other half i Very think cool. anyway so that you know i played it ever since um so yeah, that's been over twenty years, I guess. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. I, I'm glad you've been able to keep that up with everything going on. Yeah, I mean it's a little bit. <laughs> so like last week, I um. So I have like this. It's this is not a typical instrument. It's it's a. It's a, it's a high F French horn. So you know, typically French oh, horns are in the key of F, which is just or B flat or both. Uh, but this one's a high F French horn, and it's, it's like almost it's not it's not pocket sized, but like you can, it's it's smaller than a foot wide, and you can, 
I can stick it on my desk to have it to play, like, as opposed to, like, a full-size French horn, which is, like, yeah, you know, that would be too big to sit on a desk. Well, maybe not too big, but it's unwieldy for if I'm just sitting at my desk on a table. Uh, anyway, the <laughs> what I was getting at was, um, so, you know, I, I was, I've been kind of tempted to play it at random times during the day. That's awesome. And... Um, this hasn't made it onto a Zoom call yet, man. What's going on? Well, yeah, I, I've thought about it. I thought that might be pretty <laughs> funny. Anyway, man. yeah, what I was going to say is, um, so, you know, I would I just play it at random times of day or night. And, like, last week, or I think it might have been, yeah, it was about a week ago, uh, I was leaving to do something, and, like, neighbors, one of the neighbors said, is that you're the horn player? Oh, no. so, you know we can we can hear we can tell <laughs> we we were hearing you or, well, i'm being nice about what i said but, <laughs> about what they said but yeah exactly <laughs> you know we could hear you through the walls at 1 a.m last night yikes and so I, I, you know i apologize i was like uh well i'm sorry i won't do that again <laughs> oh, no. so now, I, now i'm a little bit scared to touch it yeah fair enough I'm, I'm like they're gonna yell at me that but, high up well anyway really, so really yeah it's, I, I live in a townhouse so that's uh, it's I probably shouldn't have been doing that anyway, <laughs> but anyway, that, that's a side, a side, I guess. It's all good. Anyway. So, so, uh, yeah, that, that's Superman. So, um, getting back to it. So you, um, you graduated from s- state in the master's in analytics program, which is kind of like an applied statistics, machine learning. This was pretty early on in the machine learning. Well, they didn't of, call it machine learning back then, but <laughs> it's kind of pre that, but they called it data mining, I think. Data mining. Big data, was big yeah, data or, back or in the analytics. Day, right? Yeah, same same word really. Yeah. It's and then machine learning like that. I just consider them all really basically the same thing. And right. then I guess AI, artificial intelligence, is another subset or superset of that. Right. But they're all kind of the same thing to me, just because I've I've done statistics, I've done math, I've done analytics, I've done data mining, I've done machine learning. It's all basically the same. I'm right. I'm an expert in all of them. You're the boss, man. <laughs> well, so so Eric is the chief data scientist here at Tanja, the startup we both work at. I thought I, I'd mention that. Yep, um, that's super cool, man. So um, you graduated, and I know you, you know you had, um, and I love this story. So, what year did you graduate? Um, math. I got my master's in 2010. 2010. So that's about 2010. So 2010, and you know you were interviewing with. Um, big bank up in buffalo yep nice alliteration there um and uh you know you got flown up there you're interviewing with the team and um you kind of you know you faced a fork in the road at this point you tell me about that a little bit yeah so in kind of halfway through the master's program yeah like my dad um he uh and we can talk about him later again. Um, you want to go ahead and, and tell him? So, uh, well, yeah, we'll dad, just start with that. Yeah, David Smith. Um, yeah, which he does have his own Wikipedia page. So that's yeah, he does, and I have edited it. I um, <laughs> one the one funny thing I, I said that was um, David Smith invented checkers. Really? The oh game, man, like the board game. I put that on there. And You're giving those uh, those moderators. I don't know if it's still man. there, but you know, I I put that on it. And go check it out. That's and awesome. it stayed for years. Oh God. Draw your own conclusions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, so, yeah, so your dad, uh, notable. Um, so he invented the first 3D 
uh, 3D, first I guess person adventure it was game? called was yeah the, so 3D adventure game I guess is what you would call it so I think they had like that you know that tank game was before it like you yeah. know the one with the wireframes that right. that was around I think maybe there were some others too but his was the first like real time 3D adventure game um, very cool and it was called the Colony and it was for Mac and uh, Amiga and Commodore and I, like wow. maybe I'm making all that up but. You know, that, that was 1987. That was the year I was born. Um, Windows wasn't around at that point. I don't think Linux was. Maybe it was. But anyway. Wow. That, yeah, so he started off... Um, his, that, that was kind of his starting point in technology. Um, he founded Virtus, Enter, uh, Virtus Corporation in 1990. Nice. Um, and that was kind of built on the same technology... Um, and he came out with a product called Virtus Walkthrough, which um, it's basically a tool that you can use to create 3D worlds, and you know architects can use that to build, you know, make buildings and rooms and stuff. Um, and actually, our boss at Tanjo is Richard Boyd, and he, you know, my dad hired him in about that, you know, early on, pretty early to lead the sales team. Um, so I've known him for a while. We'll get, we'll talk more about all these people later, but, definitely. um, yeah, my dad, um, he went on to found so- several gaming companies with, um, so the first one he did was with, uh, Tom Clancy and the first game that was basically a prototype they came up with was kind of this, uh, it's based off of one of. Tom Clancy's books. I guess all of the games were, or most of them, but um, one was called SSN, and it's basically a submarine combat game. That's cool. uh, you know, they had like Russian and Chinese and American submarines, and you're just Hunt for the you Red know, October. You're, you're, yeah, you're torpedoed. You're you're just shooting things. <laughs> I, you know, I played it. I played it. Nice. Um, and I guess the main, the the biggest uh, success they had was the game Rainbow Six. Um, which cool. came out in, I think, 1996 for PC and PlayStation. Uh, and that sold maybe 100 million copies. So Big deal. That, yeah, that was... We can... Yeah, he can claim that, to have started the company that uh, did that. That's awesome. Um, and I guess, you know, he founded another... He um, founded a game company with Michael Crichton called Timeline. Um the you know i think they came out with one game but it wasn't quite timeline. successful yeah it was called timeline based off of the book timeline book. which also had a movie which uh didn't do that well but um <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah the my dad's license plate was timeline nice with, with ones because the the eyes were taken oh man anyway yeah so, so um yeah he's got he did those gaming companies and maybe a few more and i guess um he did. He's he's basically done a lot of startups over the years. Um, so since since those, he did um, he did a few more startups and then worked at Lockheed Martin for a while with with you know Richard Boyd and several other people you know from the Virtus days and um, kind of I think in around twenty thirteen or so maybe he or I don't know the year exactly but you know he got he jumped back into doing startup companies nice so he did one called Wearality, which was um basically foldable uh 3d glasses for your mobile phone that's cool um 
and then more recently his uh his startup is called croquet and it's kind of you know all this stuff kind of it's 3d related so yeah. um that one is kind of it's a web-based um i guess almost you could say called an operating system but it's got a a lot of functionality so you can you know you're you're basically you can collaborate with other people within 3d worlds um you can you know you can talk kind of like a zoom call you can share videos and um you can also like since it's collaborative you can share data sets and you know 3d visualizations and you know everyone's seeing the same stuff but it's he's done a lot of work to make that seamless that's awesome um so that's what he's doing now that's very cool and he, you know he's he's uh based out of los angeles right now super cool so it's 2010 you know you're faced with this choice okay yeah, back yeah. to that <laughs> yeah uh so essentially startup or um big bank right life. yeah so yeah my dad was doing another one of his startup companies in <laughs> 2010 i guess it was yeah i think he was working at lockheed at that yeah he was he was definitely working at lockheed at that point in time but you know he he can't get away from the startups yeah so um basically i got involved like kind of halfway through my master's program um and i guess i kind of made a uh a fork in the road for myself which was like so you know i i did all these interviews at the analytics program yeah which were good experience i guess um but you know i just i got far enough along with one of them that i was like well i'll either do this one or i'm gonna work work on this project with my dad yeah and it turned out that the uh, people at that at M and T Bank in Buffalo they uh, decided uh, not to lo- let me or they didn't want me to work for them. Uh, That's weird way to put it. Sorry. No, they worries. didn't. They didn't hire me basically. Yeah. So, um, uh, which I mean, that's probably good. Good in a lot of ways too, yeah. because Buffalo is. Yeah, Buffalo is Buffalo. Snowy and... <laughs> it's Buffalo. Yeah, well, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Buffalo, yeah. <laughs> Buffalo wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. No, <laughs> We've no got, yeah. I don't... Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to live in Western New York because yeah. of, you know, it's just so far away and yeah. whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Wouldn't be awful. Um, so, yeah, I, I instead of moving to New York, I moved to Florida, which is where my dad was living at, at an apartment uh, for Lockheed Martin, you know. Um, so, basically, I worked for him for... Or I, well, I, I lived there for about a year. Um, Very cool. I spent one summer there, and I didn't want to spend another summer there. Yeah, don't blame me. Because you. Central Florida, Orlando, is gets over 100 or 90, you know, high 90s, and it's yep. just like... It's brutal. It's, yeah. Well, winters are great, but, you know, because low is 70, or it's like, okay. Yeah. That's nice, but anyway, let me get back to... So you're working on the startup yeah, in so Florida. Working for my dad. Working for your dad <laughs> in Florida. How was that? And so this is this is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> and Will's part. heard it once. I love this part. Or twice or three times. Yeah, but <laughs> no, it's great. I'm going to explain it again. Yeah, do it verbatim. Um, so originally, like my dad, you know, he told me he wanted to keep track of hours that I worked. <laughs> Tyranny of the time card. So. Um, <laughs> He just wanted to give him an update of like the stuff I worked on and how long and 
you know, what, what I was planning on doing next. So, you know, I, the first time, the first week I basically did like around eight hours a day. Yeah. Um, normal, normal you know, work so I week. figured, oh, this is, this is good. Yeah. I did a lot of work and I, I got a lot, lot done. I got a lot done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, the, the first time I, you know, I emailed him the time card he was like, you know, so now that you're working at a startup, you really need to work 60 hours a week. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Um, Fair enough. You're you're the startup expert. <laughs> yeah. So you know, he's a workaholic. Yeah. Um, he he likes to work a lot. I guess I guess that's what needs to be done. Okay. So I so the next week, well, uh, I guess I um, I don't know. I worked maybe ten hours a day. Let's just say that. Um, so that's on average. So you know, I would I wrote down all the hours that I had. Yeah. And I sent them to him, and he he told me, um, so, you know, if you really want to be successful, if you want this project to be successful, you're going to have to work 80 hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, well, yeah, so that, okay. Okay, I, yeah. I mean, Living in Florida, might as well. <laughs> not that I was doing anything else, yeah. but... <laughs> All right, I guess I can try that to do that. <laughs> and I guess um, so somehow I managed to get that many hours. I managed to jam that many hours into a week. I don't know, it was like 14 hours a day, but no, that's maybe too many. 12, let's just say 12 yeah. hours a day. Um, so I managed to do that. I basically worked an eight and that's it. Slept <laughs> a lot. Um, anyway, so my dad... Um, so, you know, I wrote my hours out again, you know, some, some days had like 13 hours or yeah. it's, it's like a lot of work basically. Yeah. And then, so he sees it and he's like, well, you know, that's not, you're not really working hard enough. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you want to make this company into uh, a success, you know, a successful startup, you're going to have to work a hundred hours a week. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, and you know, at some point I stopped really taking him seriously and you know, he definitely, he was definitely inconsistent with, that's not the only time he he was like bugging me about how many hours I worked, but he, he's definitely inconsistent about it. So, you know, some, some, some days he'd be a little nicer. He'd be like, well, okay, 60 is fine this week, but (laughs) it's 120 weeks sometimes just depends. Well, yeah, I mean. If you work 16 hours a day, that's uh, that's over 100. So it's like within the realm of possibility. <laughs> it's possible, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, you need to sleep and eat too, yeah. like in the bathroom. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so that went on for a year. Gosh. Well, actually more than a year because I kept, I, you know, I lived, in North, I lived in Florida for a year. But um, I got tired of, I didn't want to live through another summer there. So I yeah. moved back to North Carolina. Um, and I, can't, I continued working on the project um, yeah. for, well, let's see. I, I, don't, I don't remember. You know, basically, there, there were people who were working with us. Like, you know, my, some of my dad's coworkers. Gotcha. And, you know, that some would, some would jump on or jump off. And, right. 
you know, at some point it was basically just me working on this project. Oh wow! So I was I did I did like everything. So like you know the backend servers, yeah. the the database stuff, the the backend coding, the yeah. the uh, the website itself, the you know the controller code for the website. So I I could do I I could kind of do all of that. Yeah. And you know, my dad was basically. Uh, giving me control of the project. Yeah. So, you know, for maybe two two years, I was kind of doing it all on my own. Um, Pretty wild. Yeah. And I guess at some point in, I think, 2013... Got a little, um, little funding, just a little, little tranche. Um, yeah. So uh, my dad, you know, my dad knew Richard Boyd from Virtus, so... Um, They'd been good friends since then, and they also worked at Lockheed together. Um, so, yeah, he, my dad, uh, let Richard in, and you know wanted him to run this project full time. Um, so that you know around that time, 2013 is when, maybe mid 2013 is when he let Richard on, and you know we he Richard uh, brought in a few of few other kind of people he knew from the past and he uh, kind of spun it into a, a real company. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah, and then in, I guess, around August or that might be the right time, August 2013, uh, Richard got us a little funding from the Startup Factory. I guess they called themselves Triangle Startup Factory at that point in Durham in the American Underground. Um, so... And you're off to the races. Yeah. Um, so basically what we did at that point was kind of improve our website. And, well, we, we almost started over. Actually, um, another one of our coworkers helped us out, uh, Jay Sanders. Um, oh, he, Jay. You know, he was contracting with us for for that yeah. part of the time. And, you know, he he's come full circle, so we'll, we can get back to him. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so we... You know, he helped. We, we, we built our website up pretty well, and um, I built guess that that time, that, so. that um, what was it? Startup incubator lasted for about three months, and then you know we were kind of in limbo for a little bit, yeah. maybe half a year. But um, Richard got you know had been trying to working on. He was working on you know getting a, some major funding for. For that period of time and he got it in i guess april 2014 so that's you know that's the part where you know well now we're got to that's the real deal now it's yeah so it's it you know it went from you know living room project to um bit of well funding, kind of kind funding. of full-time job for me well yeah well more than a full-time more job <laughs> maybe two or three full-time jobs okay three full-time jobs <laughs> for me um and the into uh a startup incubator so you know we were becoming more legitimate and then you know once we got our big load of funding then you know well now things are starting to move um, right so um at that point we decided to work on an app a mobile app for i guess i think we only did ios at that point gotcha. so, so the iphone and ipad yeah. but um so our uh, 
our app was basically kind of a newsreader type app, um, personalized newsreader. So called Nomibot. It was called Nomibot, um, and basically you you could choose a set of bots to bring you stuff from the internet, and um, you know you could swipe right or left, kind of like Tinder, but um, and it would improve its results over time. Um, but the uh, I guess the main, the downfall of that app was that it didn't really get a lot of engagement. You know, people didn't maybe they just didn't get it or it just wasn't appealing to them. Gotcha. Um, the demographic, you know, you just sometimes you hit out. it or sometimes you don't, and I don't think we hit it. Yeah. Um, and so I guess after we kind of spun that down, you know, we we were looking into what to do next, and we came up with you know a set of maybe five different ideas. Um, so so let's see. One was kind of um, it was like a restaurant recommendation or like local events recommendation tied on with like restaurants. Um, so we, you know, we took a look at that. We looked at some other things like education, like yeah. some kind of education based recommendation system. And then another one was like healthcare based. Gotcha. Um, I think there was maybe one more, but the, the one we ended up deciding on was called, well, I don't think we had a name for it, but it was basically, um, Let's see. Pinterest for knowledge. So. Tanjo. Yeah, we, we call it Tanjo now. Um, and I guess, well, our company is named after it. Uh, actually, uh, so the, the company names that we had before Tanjo w- were, the first one was Sizzle, spelled with three Zs and no vowels. So <laughs> S-Z-Z-Z-L. Um, and, you know, I... Nobody can spell that. And yeah. How do you explain that? Yeah. On the phone, I mean, and then we we re I think in 2013 for the startup factory we re you know we changed our name to Sizzle with one Z. So well, that's 300 percent easier to explain, but still thousand percent hard to explain. So um, you know S Z L. How do you say that on the phone? Yeah, exactly. SCL and CZ, like tough uh, to tell. Yeah, SCL. If you say it really quickly, you just it just kind <laughs> yeah. of you can. That's a lot of letters. It could be. Yep. Um, anyway, the um, so we we came up with our product called Tanjo, which was like Pinterest for knowledge. So you basically have a set of boards, and you can type in you know keywords and titles, and it will find you stuff related to that. Um, so. I guess at some point we decided that we, you know, our company name needed to be more in line with our product, so we reincorporated as Tanjo. And I think that was 2016. Well, so, anyway. So I was there for when we made the brand change. Yeah, maybe I'm jumping a little bit ahead. It might be 2017. But I know, so um, we didn't have any revenue until 2017 i want to say yep yeah so because so, it wasn't until <laughs> a year after i was on <laughs> i we, mean or so yeah it's been a while you know yeah, i so was seven years. i was there the whole time and you know we did i didn't make a cent for until <laughs> <laughs> well i i mean i guess when once we got our big round of funding then i started making a salary but you know before then, yeah, for six nothing. or no four 
five, whatever, four years, I wasn't making anything. I was just doing it for the experience and um, whatever potential acquisition, you know, I don't Might know, happen. stock. <laughs> yeah. You know, anyway, um, well. So, so sitting here today where Tanjo is a successful company, um, I know you and I, we were talking about this earlier, just the number of times that we thought, you know, we we're a week away from dying as an organization. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've had more than I have, but okay. I just, yeah, I can, I can explain a few things. So, you know, back when I worked for my dad in Florida, yeah, like, you know, basically if I worked like four hours one day, <laughs> you know, I like, need a break. he was going to say, he, he would say like, well, you know, you're not working hard enough and I'm going to pull the plug on the project. So, you know, I, I'd work a little harder next right, week, right, but right. you know, it, you know, I guess this, this company as a whole is kind of, it seemed like it's just going to go away or evaporate after like a week. But, and you know, my Several dad might've been like 12 of those times, but right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, but, but I think it does. And we were talking about this earlier again. It's just, you know, it underrates, like we just don't, you know, the importance of just not quit and just keep trying, you know, like super important just to keep trying and you know and we, we also we were talking about this we've got a team you know you and i we don't get rattled you know we really just don't get even when things like really looked like they were not gonna turn out very well we just kept trying you know kept even if it looks like the probabilities are stacked against us we just find the best way forward and just keep trying to go through it and, and don't know you know no one freaks out no one Everybody's just calm, cool, collected, stoic throughout it, which I think is really helpful. Yeah. Um, I remember this was kind of after, you know, after Nomi bought, and then, you know, we, we made Tan Tanjo, but, like, we'd kind of run, run out of funding at some point. Yeah. And basically, you know, we had to let go of a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, including our CTO and, you know, a lot of marketing people. But um, at that point in time, like, you know, that just seemed like, like the end was happening. Like yeah. it could be, could could have been tomorrow, but like um, this is just one example of of you know kind of miracle things. But anyway, yeah. um, so like our um, our CTO who is still works for us, his name is Ken Lane. Um, in I think 2015, around October 2015, he was actually laid off of from GSE, which is a nuclear power plant simulation company, but. Um, you know, he was looking around for jobs and, you know, Richard somehow knew and called him and, uh, he showed up, uh, one day and, you know, I met with him, um, and he was, you know, he was instantly hired and accepted. So, you know, he, he kind of, you know, reignited the, the whole company as a whole, I think. And, you know, kind of, I think I, uh, for me personally, I think he kind of saved us at that point in time. Right. And, you know, that's, that's one example of things that have happened, to our company but there are many where yeah there's <laughs> many, many more. more of those but, <laughs> but that's a good um, example that's a really good example you know that's that's one great example of 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 what you know what kind of things have happened but you know i personally i didn't give up like even though it seemed like things were going to go away but i just just got to keep trying you know i didn't keep not to say i didn't feel bad but um you know i didn't want it to go away right like i wanted it to keep going like I mean, I, I haven't worked any other place except for my uncle's furniture store. <laughs> so, you know, I don't have, like, 
I don't have company experience. I was advised by people to, you know, you, you should really work at a at an established company, you know, right after graduating. Take that big salary. And, you know, I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. I just went for this, and, you know, I don't regret that. It's super um, awesome. Yeah, and I, I feel like I've got um, a lot of experience from it. And um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, just sitting I, from where I'm sitting, you know, it's just you and I. I mean, I, I mentioned this when we were talking a little bit earlier, you know, I just I deposited a check. Know someone sent us check. It's weird. Anyway, so someone had sent us a check and said HGH, but I needed to deposit it. Um, this was last week, and it was larger than like our first two years of revenue when it since before I joined on. Uh, you know, it's just like, man, how far we have come. It's just yeah, insanity. Making, I know for like Tanjo and Nomibot, you know, we had it in the app store, and it was like a free yeah. app, and we were like banking on getting ad revenue and we never actually even set up the ads so it's like never made it that far. i mean it yeah it never made it that far and then for the next you know the website tanjo you know when we started out we were going to do like a subscription service kind of like slack you yeah. know you pay five dollars a month per user and you get access yeah um and you know never nobody bought into that either but <laughs> kept trying yeah i mean you know <laughs> Keep nowadays you know we we're you know whole you know companies are just buying our stuff and it's like Wow, that's it's just, just constantly amazing. You know, it's, it's orders of magnitude more than any of that. And <laughs> it's yeah, like, it would have been nice to have that back then, but, you know, it's like, yeah, it's kind of crazy just seeing these numbers. But. The journey. <laughs> the journey is really cool to see. Yeah. Just for, so, you know, we, I was I was there the whole time, and, you know, it was zero for me for the first four years, and it yep. was zero for the next three years. Well, I guess I made a salary, but our company didn't really yeah, get any income. Not yeah. not very much anyway, if, if at all. But, um, yeah, like, it's just picked up so much. It's, it's wild. Testament to just keep trying. Just keep trying. Yeah. Um, so you're really good at Scrabble. Yeah. Is that right? Is that true? I guess you could say that. <laughs> so so um, can you tell me, like, kind of your your rankings and, and how, how good you were? And, yeah. So, you know, I, I started in Scrabble in ninth grade. I was in just in high school. Um, so I played, you know, quite a few tournaments during that period of time. Well, maybe not that many. Actually, so the weird thing is they didn't have any tournaments in North Carolina at oh, that really? point. So, you know, I had to go to Georgia, Tennessee, um, so it was a little bit hard getting around to places, but I did it. Um, all of my parents did it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I uh, I played tournaments in high school and a little bit in college, too. Gotcha. Although in college, I kind of neglected, you know, I just kind of showed up and I, I, I kind of sucked. But <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. anyway, so I, you know, I quit for a few years, maybe more than a few uh, but then in like, I guess around the 2012, 2011 timeframe. So, you know, I, I was kind of working for my dad, but, um, uh, I started kind of getting more serious about it. Gotcha. Um, and, um, so I guess my rating was like 13 or 1200 at that point. And, you know, I don't know what rank that was in the state, but, you know, I was, I had played enough against the computer that I basically knew what I was doing strategically. Nice. Um, and it was kind of more a matter of just learning words at that point. Gotcha. Like, you know, to get to the top levels, 
Like you need to know all the words. Like the there's the there's like two hundred thousand words. Yikes. Um, and I I'll kind of go step by step later, but just to for my um rank. So basically, I I just kept gaining rating. Like I yeah. won like five tournaments in a row. Nice. Like and it wasn't it wasn't luck. It was just like. I just knew what I was doing, I guess. Um, yeah. Even though I didn't know like all the words, I just had such good strategy. I could beat you know people who knew all the words and. Nice. Um, so let's see. Like I played in two national Scrabble tournaments. One was 2012 in Orlando, and I guess I was, I might have been. In, I was in Orlando at that point, I think. Um, and then I played in one in Las Vegas next year. Um. And in that tournament, so that's basically all the top players from the country yeah, all in one place. And, you know, they have different um, brackets. So, you know, they'll be like, oh, it's a pretty big tournament. So there's like 100 people in each bracket. Um, but I was, I played the top bracket, even though uh, my rating was lower. But um, so, you know, I played, I played world champions, like, that's and, awesome. I, and I beat some of them. That's um, really cool. <laughs> So yeah, after that tournament, I actually got uh, 28th place. So that's, you know, that was pretty good for me. That's really good. I think I won eight, awesome. 18 games and lost 13. Nice. But um, so that was good enough for like a tie for 20th. And technically, I got 28th on a tiebreaker. But uh, anyway, um, the so uh, cool. let's see. So after that tournament, I was ranked number one in the, the state of North Carolina. Nice. Um, and then. I played one more tournament, which was the North Carolina State Championship. Yeah. Um, and this, so this is kind of a funny story. Um, so I didn't win the tournament, but I, w- I had a shot, I guess you could <laughs> Pretty say. Pretty close. So, like, with four rounds to go, four games to go, basically, yeah. um, I was playing, you know, the. there's this one guy, He's he knows all every word in the dictionary, and he's he knows them better than most people on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> And he's also pretty good strategically. Um, I think I had a winning record against him before this tournament. Somehow, I don't. Awesome. I don't quite understand how, but um, I, I guess it's just I'm better strategically. But um, so you know, f- with four rounds to go, I had to. He had he, he won enough games where I had to beat him four times in a row. Like, oh, wow. like literally, I'd have to beat him once yeah. and again and again and again. <laughs> so. <laughs> So the first game that I played, so the you know four rounds from the end, um, so I I was bas- I basically had the game in the bag, um, so uh, the like I knew what what his seven letters were because you can track what tiles have been played against what are known you know the known tile distribution. Right, right. Um, so I knew exactly what tiles he had, and he had like he had um, A B D uh, R. Oh, SV. And so, you know, I looked at those letters and it's like, oh, he's got a V and a an B and like, that's <laughs> yeah. like, that looks like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I, I didn't really, you know, I kind of, I glanced at it and I looked at it. And I was like, yeah. I don't see any words in that. I think it's fine. I don't see any seven or eight letter words in that. Yeah. And so I was just like, you know, I'll play somewhere else. I won't block this, this A over here that yeah. he can play through. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, once I saw him, he just like jumped on the 
he knew he like he obviously knew this word it was bravados b-r-a-v-a-d-o-s and he just played it instantly and i just sat there i was like like, oh no (laughs) okay yeah i I you know i sat there and i knew my tournament was over but anyway so i didn't win uh that that tournament i got second place because i must i must have won a bunch i beat a bunch of other people after in the final three rounds but anyway that was that was the story of that tournament. That, um, and that was the last one I played. Gotcha. Um, basically, at that point, 2013 was when, you know, I kind of already explained. Tanja got a little yeah, more real. Yeah, the, uh, we, got our, we got our first dose of funding at the Triangle Startup Factory and kind of, you know, it was, I couldn't. Sp- uh, I'll explain one thing. So basically, yeah. I was just spending too much time on it. Um, just on Scrabble. It, so actually, of. yeah, this is a little bit, this is kind of funny. So um, there was like a television crew that wanted to interview, you know, people at our Scrabble club in, in Durham, or, or uh, I guess it was Briar Creek. Very cool. Um, this, I don't know what date this was exactly, but it was on TV. It was on like PBS. Um, and I, you know, they interviewed me. And, you know, one of the questions they asked me was like, so uh, you you must spend like all your time. You must spend twenty four hours a day playing Scrabble. Yeah. And it was kind of a rhetorical. It wasn't even a question. Yeah. But I was like, uh, no. But I maybe I spend like eight hours a day <laughs> playing. And I, you know, I was a little bit serious, even though I was trying. You know, I was trying to think of something funny to say right, for right, television. Like, oh, no. But <laughs> exactly. But like you know, I I kind of heard myself saying that. Yeah, you know, like, oh, and I wait. saw it. You know, I saw that on TV, and I'm like, you know, maybe it's time to stop playing. Right, right. Maybe I need to stop putting so much time into this. You know, like the the rewards output aren't yeah, quite worth the input. Yeah, like I can. So, so you know, all the time I put into it, it you know, maybe some of it's learning words. Some, most of it's probably just playing against the computer or people on. Gotcha. Well, I think I was playing people on Facebook a lot back then, but nice. anyway, um, a lot of time get got put into it, and you know, at the end of the day, like, what what do you do with like all these words that you're learning? Like, you you don't even learn the definitions. Yeah. Um, people just learn these to to learn them to have as like tokens as like game pieces for the game. You know, right. this is a valid string of letters you can put on the board for for. 80 90 points like okay <laughs> like if you yep. don't know the word you don't get the points so um a lot of you know the top players in the world they know the whole dictionary like all the sevens all the eights even some of them know all the nine letter words which is like those hardly ever show up but like you know you know you need never you need every percentage point you can get right at that level of play um you know i i might have you know i think i I didn't. I definitely did not know the dictionary cold for even, but I. I think at my high point I knew, well certainly all the twos, but like all the threes, fours, and fives. So like all those, gotcha. you know, there might have been less than twenty thousand of those words, but I mean they're le- they're easy to learn because they're shorter. Yeah. Um, but then there's like thirty thousand sevens alone, and like, uh, I knew like, you can order them by probability, so it's like. You know, gotcha. e, e is the most common letter. There's the most E's. And then, you know, all the common 
consonants and vowels, like stuff with those letters I knew pretty much all of them. You get diminishing returns. Yeah, it's basically diminishing returns. So if you know the top 4,000 seven-letter words, that accounts for like the the 90% of the probability of all the words you're ever going to see. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, that doesn't even count the words you all you, you know just as an English speaker. Yeah. Um, you know, so maybe, maybe I knew like 70 or 80% of all the words, but... To get to that next level will require. Yeah, or like, you know, the eight-letter words are even, I, I know even less of those, and so I know like 50% of those, but to get to, the, yeah, like you say, to get to the next level, like you have to know every single one, and like even even the ones that are obscure that have like three Zs and two Ys, you yeah. know, like, 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 well, I mean, that might be a stupid example, but right, no, nobody'd no, no, no. ever played that, yeah. but um, that's impossible to get, but... um. You know, there's, I mean, I've played crazy words too, but yeah, uh, just, just because I learned like different word lists that have, I think I knew all the, all the, uh, J, Q, X and Z words. Yeah. Um, there weren't nearly as many of those, but they were just more fun and easier to learn. Just, I don't know why, but gotcha. So I knew all those, but, um, yeah, to get to the next level, you just have to know all the words and you have to be good at like knowing you have the the uh, word in your letters. Ah, uh, right, right. Like, so you might, you know, you might know the word, it might be a common word, but you just can't rearrange your letters quick enough or, gotcha. or fat, or, you know, you might just miss it. Right, right. But like all the top players, they, they can do it instantly. Like they see wow. a set of letters, they, you know, they, they match that. usually they will put them in alphabetical order. They call it alphagramming. And interesting. So they'll put like all the letters in alphabetical order and they'll just spot it instantly. They'll know what words in it. And they could even have a blank, like, you know, blank could be anything. And they could put that with a set of letters and, or even two blanks. Like, you can, they just spot the words instantly. Wow. Like, like they can instantly see that, oh, that letter has to be a, a Q to make this into a seven-letter word. That's wild. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm definitely not the best at that. Like, I can... If I had time, I might be able to figure out more words, but like I just don't have the kind of experience, and I I don't put that many hours into it. Um, That's cool. But yeah, like that really just kind of getting back. It doesn't really have much practical value at the end of the day. At the end of the day, yeah, it's like this isn't gonna help me with my job. This isn't gonna help me with anything else I do. It's just learning, kind of pointless word you're not even learning the definitions you're just learning these tokens for this one particular board game that yeah like i mean it's fun but it's not very useful (laughs) other than that right right. Uh, i mean well technically for stuff i do it at tanjo i do a lot of text analytics so it's slightly helpful like you know i've seen you know one stop word time yeah well so um the uh, one of the projects I did was like a lot of scientific uh, articles. Basically, I had to do a topic model of, and you know I saw words in there. I'm like I knew that from Scrabble. I knew that from Scrabble. I knew that word. That's and awesome. So it was like you know words that <laughs> I literally had no, I didn't know the definition of. Yeah. Like I'm now I'm seeing them. Like okay, that's a scientific word. That's awesome. Okay, that's what it means. <laughs> that's really cool, man. Yeah. So that, that was that was earlier this year, but um, that's so that was awesome. kind of fun. That, um, but you know, really, it's it's of no practical 
value. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's super interesting, dude. So uh, I want to do a little segue here. And uh, you drive a, an awesome car. Can you, can you tell the audience what it is? Yep. Uh, so I drive, I have a Lotus Evora 400. The 400 is for horsepower. I, I believe that it does it's have 400 horsepower. technically 406. But, you know, I don't <laughs> think they want to call it the Lotus Evora 406. doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> yep. So that it's, uh, it's um, a black, it's black car. It's got black seats, uh, black rims. Um, Pretty bad. Yeah. And I, so I got it uh, April 20, it was last year, 2019. Yeah. Uh, so I've had it over a year. Um, it's got 7,000 miles. So I haven't driven it like that much i but, think but you do you do drive you daily drive it yeah daily, i often. i did drive it to work and back and you know in recent times i haven't really driven it much but you know i drove it to work and i've taken it on a few trips so actually um you know the story of buying it um so, you know, one my other car is a smart car and <laughs> quite the collection. <laughs> <laughs> so basically I kind of annexed it from my mom. Uh I kind of claimed it for myself. That's it's awesome. got a lot of ben- like positives, but it's also got negatives. Um, you know, one of the worst things is the acceleration. Yes, um, none. It's got not yeah, like 0 to 60, I think I timed it was like 15 seconds. Woo! Um, now you've got like what three nine or the something. The pickup is pretty bad. Yeah, it's so now it's <laughs> zero to sixty is four seconds. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I might have done that a few times. I might have floored it from <laughs> zero to no. a few times. But anyway, um, it's fast. I'm yeah, it's. It. Um, so the smart car, it's good at like parking. Yeah. Uh, good at what else? Um, fuel economy. Yes, fuel, fuel yeah. economy is good. It's big enough for you. It, it is big enough. Surprisingly. Yes, a lot of people, you know, I've, they've made jokes like, uh, "Does your head stick up through the sunroof?" So, so Eric, for the audience, is six <laughs> eight. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's quite the sight to see. So you, get out you of know, it. I just stared at him. I'm like, okay, that's, yeah. you're funny. Uh-huh. All right, move uh-huh. on. Exactly. That's the way to be, man. Way to be. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So yeah, you know, I. I was kind of fed up with the smart car in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, you know, I, I don't, I can't, I'm not rich. So I can't, I can't, I can't afford a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or crazy yeah. McLaren or whatever. But, um, but I, at the same time, I didn't want to get like a Toyota or a yeah. Honda, just kind of a generic car, not to bash any, any, any one brand, but, um, I wanted something that was unique and, um, yeah. You know, nobody else would be driving it or, right. you know, maybe nobody else have heard of it either. But uh, yeah, you know, I wanted something that was kind of, you know, known for reliability. And yeah, um, basically, I, I talked to my cousin who he's actually in um, car design school. That's cool. In Detroit. Um, and he suggested the Lotus brand to me um that's kind of an alternative for supercars so it's it's cool anyway um so i i looked that up and you know i saw they had like three kinds they, they have the elise they have the exige and then they have the evora actually they don't sell those first two in the in the united states anymore although oh, really? i think they're bringing it back 
I was told that. Interesting. Um, anyway, yeah, I think they're going to also stop production of the Evora next year. So they're going to bring in a bunch of new brands. Uh, Lotus got bought out by some Chinese manufacturer. Um, cool. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, picking the Evora. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I saw that and I'm like, oh, that looks nice. And oh, it's got, you know, people like it a lot. Um, it's got good reliability. It's got a Toyota ca- uh, Camry engine. With a supercharger? Is it supercharged? Yes. It's not turbo, it's super. Maybe one or the other. Somewhere. Yeah. That's how you well, get 400 horsepower out of a yeah. Camry engine. So, you know, that, that engine could last 200,000 mar- miles. Yeah. Which is really so cool. that's, you know, I'm not going to get rid of this car anytime yeah. soon. Anyway, um, that was one of the factors. So, yeah, you know, I had to fit, you know, that's in the important. car to begin with. So, you know, I went to the, there's like, there aren't many dealers in the country. The, um, so there's one in Winston-Salem, which is an hour and a half from here. So I went there, you know, just to start out. And I checked yeah. out what they had and I tried to see if I would fit in it to begin with. And, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I fit. A little bit. I, it definitely had legroom. The headroom, I had to kind of uh, tilt the seat back a little bit to to fit. But um, it worked. Um, and it was really nice. I, I guess the, the main thing is that the, the, the stock they had was all manuals. And uh, I don't, you know, I needed automatic, um, which they do make. Uh, obviously, is it a dual clutch or is it sequential? Yes, dual gotcha. clutch. Um, That's cool. And you know, I didn't want to deal with the whole car salesman stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, I looked online. I'm like, uh, you know, I typed it or I uh, searched on the, like the colors that I wanted, and uh, you know, they have dealerships in Atlanta. There's a bunch in Florida, just because you know Florida is yeah. filled with supercars. <laughs> Um, you can't go to Miami without yeah, exactly, spotting that one. one. But anyway, um, they also had, there was some in New Jersey. Uh, there were some in New York. Uh, I was basically looking within 10 hours of, nice. of here, of North Carolina. Uh, there's one in Ohio and then one in Indiana called Gator Motorsports. Um, they, they had a uh, black you know, the black one with the black interior with the black wheels. Nice. And so, you know, I just and it was like discounted a lot. So, you know, they, it was a demo car. Nice. Uh, so it had, it had like 700 miles on it, but gotcha. it was technically new. Um, and I, I drove up there with my mom to, to test drive it. And, you know, she got to do it too, because nice. why not? Um, but, you know, I liked it a lot. Uh, cool. I didn't really, you know, the, maybe the next closest thing i would consider might have been the, the acura nsx the the hybrid the one you know but that's like that was like double it's the a price lot more. it's a lot more it's a cool car yeah i would you know i i was just considering different things yeah, yeah. and but yeah yeah this uh this one was had a good price and you know i just went for it uh so i flew up to indiana it was indianapolis uh nice and um i drove it back home uh well, I actually drove it through Michigan, so I saw my um, I saw some family in Grand Rapids, and then I saw my cousin in Detroit. He's the one who nice. recommended the Lotus thing to begin with, so he was thrilled. Uh, and then I drove it back. Um, I actually 
I don't know, this is kind of a funny story, like on the way. So I, it, the, the car had like a light came on. And oh, it's no. Like, you know, I looked it up in the handbook oh, no. and I'm like, oh, that's, that seems oh, a little God. serious. So yeah. oh, I was uh, maybe an hour away from Columbus, yeah. Ohio. And, you know, I knew that they had a dealership there. And my, so I actually brought it there for them to do service on it. Oh, man. <laughs> and it was, that was a little bit funny and a little scary. But, yeah. Um, Got it back. They, uh, there was a f- free oil change at before 1,500 miles. And I was, nobody mentioned to tell me that, that I had that. But, you know, I, would, I was driving like 1,000 miles home. Yeah. So maybe they should have told me. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> I got it like 40 miles ahead of that. So they gave oh, wow. it to me. That's awesome. Let's <laughs> go. Cool. I got to take Anyway, care. yeah. So the car, it, I don't think there was anything really wrong with it. They just. That's cool. Uh, you know, they did a few things and said, you're free to go. And nice. So I drove it all That's the way sick. back. Anyway, yeah, it hasn't. There's been nothing really major wrong with it. It's super no, cool. But I do, you know, I have taken it to Winston-Salem a few times. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, they're. Just get it fixed. Yeah, there have been some small issues, like the truck trunk sometimes won't open or like Trim things, stuff like that. The air conditioning stopped working. Not that that's British market. reliability, man. No, they yeah. fixed it. That's good. In, that's good. At no charge, but um, that's cool. it's still in uh, uh, warranty. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so, and then uh, one of the, I think he's like the Lotus salesman. That, oh, yeah. I don't know what his his job title is. Keeps but, wanting you to upgrade. Yep, he his name is Ken. Ken, just like just like Eric. our uh, Ken at <laughs> Tan- Tanjo, but yeah, um, a little more pushy. He always seems to want to get me to upgrade to the the Avora GT. What's the difference between GT and the 400? So it's got like 10 more horsepower. Oh my God. <laughs> 10 more, and that's it, nothing, and dude. it's lighter. Lighter, so dude, it's, and it's got point one seconds more acceleration. Dude, that car's fast enough, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't need so, it. <laughs> yeah, if if I upgraded it, you know, uh, I could have that much more. Yeah, and it would be new. Difference. Yeah. yeah, and I I can certainly afford to two of them. Yeah, why not? Dude, replace the spark car, you know? No, oh it's, my god. Yeah, basically, like, why would I? I just keep pepping to be nice to him, but it's like, why would I, I have only got 7,000 miles in my car. Why would I, why would I do this? I feel like a lot of people, they, they keep them for probably about that long, probably seven, 10,000 miles. The supercar kind of thing, you know, I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess in my, maybe he doesn't understand, but like I bought the car because of the Camry engine. I wanted to keep going for 20 years, but I just, yeah, well, we'll see if it lasts that long, but it's, it it hasn't, blown up yet it's got it's had some minor problems but not bad that's it anyway that's super cool um yeah it's and it's parked right outside where i'm sitting yeah too bad if it's covid times we could go take a ride yeah i've been in it's quite yeah experience i uh may or may not have been drag racing and i may or may not have done a zero to 100 before (laughs) so you know We'll, we'll let our listeners, you know, ponder that. Um, very cool. I haven't been pulled over in it. That's good, man. No, no tickets. See if we can keep it that way. And I try and keep you off slack when you're, uh, when you're uh, driving yeah, as it's, best I can. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool, man. It's super cool. And I thought it was a really cool choice, um, especially because, you know, that car looks like it probably cost twice, two or three times as much as it does. Yeah, it definitely looks like a supercar. It really does. And it's it's kind of... Kind of is, 
yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's but cool. I guess it's not a supercar because it doesn't cost you 10000 to replace a fuel cap. Yeah, well. Like a Ferrari. Who well. has time for that? <laughs> <laughs> Doug DeMauro does, but not us. Um, so I, I want to transition. I've got two more things I'd like to talk to you about tonight. Um, so crypto. So I know you've... Uh, you've I, I don't know if you're into it as much now, but I know you've been in crypto, mining crypto, and, and had yeah. a bunch of really interesting times with that. Yeah, I got started in 2017 i think i bought a lot of bitcoin yeah but then i you know i didn't keep it um so it it went up like um after the point where i had a lot of it um anyway so the i i got into the mining aspect so you know you build you know you build a gpu based computer you know with a bunch of gpus which are graphical processing units um Basically, those are those can solve hard like cryptography pro, uh, puzzles. Basically, and you get rewarded for that. Uh, and you know, basically, when somebody sends like Ethereum or Bitcoin on the, you know, to from one address to another, like the miner has to like validate that yeah. transaction, and they get a small percentage of whatever that transaction was worth. Um, so yeah, I got started with mining around 2017, I think, like October. Nice. Um, so you know, I built a few, you know, small computers with like six GPUs each. Yeah. Um, and that kind of, actually 2018, kind of the beginning, or like maybe it was late 2017, was the point in time where like Bitcoin went to twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And that. like I didn't That's... sell any of it. Oh no. <laughs> Like I didn't, I just wanted it to keep going. Like I didn't, I mean, I, it wasn't like life changing money that I had, but yeah. like, I think at the high point I had about hundreds of cryptos. Oh wow. Uh, some of it was like ripple coin. I had, I had all kinds. I had nice. Bitcoin. I had Bitcoin cash. I had, uh, Oh wow. Ethereum. I had, you know, they call them like the altcoin bag. Yeah. You just have a lot of different random ones that. Right. Right. That you, you kind of hope they'll, they'll turn they'll into something, something, but so I mean, I didn't really sell any of it. I just was yeah. like, you know, that's, it wasn't life changing to sell. If I, you know, if I sold it all off at once, it might've been, it would have been a yeah. hundred. Um, I didn't. <laughs> so it, it kind of crashed later, you know, in a little bit early 2018. So, you know, I, it basically went down to like 10% of what it was. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, 10, maybe I had like 10,000 worth at that point. I don't know exactly, but. I remember distinctly when Bitcoin was it was at eighteen, seventeen, or eighteen thousand dollars, um, and I had some Bitcoin at the time from like twenty fifteen or something. I had gotten some, and I went home to rural North Carolina, and I went to like it was a house party or something, and I was talking to people that were just, um, you know, mostly like electricians and like you know very like you know salt of the earth people, and everyone was talking about Bitcoin. And I sold that night. I went home <laughs> and I sold because I, I sat there and I was like, you know what, like, you know, this is what saturation looks like. You're, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I, like, I was like, what in the world? Man? I saw it go up, and I'm like, well, it's it's a bubble. It's obvious. Right. Well, so no, why wouldn't I sell? <laughs> right, but but you no, know, I don't want to sell. I want it to go keep more, going up, man. <laughs> yep. No, so yeah, I just I didn't. If it were like a million bucks. Like I might have just sold it all because yeah. like that might have been life changing to some degree at least. 
Uh, but like a hundred, you know, I could buy a car with that, but not right, right. Not more than exactly. Like you can't live off. You can't. No, no. no. You can't improve your life with that, really. I mean, well, that's maybe an understatement. Um, but you know, some people that would mean a lot. But um, in the long run, for me, that doesn't. That didn't seem like. You know, I wanted it. I just wanted it to roll the dice and keep going with it. Yeah, see where it went. That's um, cool. But yeah, I, so you know, at my. Uh, at some point, I think, uh, t- yeah, 2018 in March, I moved to a townhouse and yeah. I, I set up a bunch more computers. So I have uh, five separate, um, they call them rigs. That's awesome. So, you know, I have five rigs with 12 GPUs and they're still mining Ethereum. That's awesome. Which, uh, you know, lately it's, <laughs> it's, it's been on a ride lately, up and down. It almost hit 500, but... Then it hit 300, <laughs> and, you know, I don't know where it's at. It, it can change, you know, $100 in a day. Yeah. So it's kind of gambling. You never know what's, oh, yeah, where definitely. it's going to go next. Um, but, you know, I've been mining Ethereum for a while, and it's, it's a sizable amount. It's just not, it's not where it was. Right. It wasn't... Um, so it's not life changing or anything, but definitely. I wish I kind of had started in um, uh, like 2014 or yeah. I don't know. I, I back I, when it was tiny. Back when it first was like it came out. Like I, I, I had Coinbase and like I saw it there. I was like, oh well, maybe yeah. I should buy that, but I didn't. It was like 11 bucks. That's yeah. what I remember. I know. Anyway. I know. So it, um, <laughs> but instead of like buying crypto and making GPU rigs, I was yeah. buying Legos, which, uh, which that, also are alternative was, investment, man. You know, it not bad al- at, at all. It's an alternative investment, but it takes up space, and like it does. I still have like a few hundred. You got an impressive collection, man. Yeah, I gotta say, I've seen it. It's awesome. Yeah, and I've got. I don't know. I think I have like $30,000 worth of Lego sets on a shelf at my house. I, I think a kid would, would probably pass out if he walked in there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is awesome. It really yeah, is if, cool. If one of Ken's kids walked it's in, like, he'd be like, yeah, Drake, like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, and Well, I mean, I've always liked Legos, but yeah. Um, I also have a lot of uh, like cars, like Lego cars sets. So I have nice. like Technic stuff or? N- well, not. I have a few Technic cars but gotcha. like there were a lot of like lamborghini and ferrari lego sets yeah, yeah, yeah. that came out i remember that and i've got a lot that. of those that's awesome you know i have like 10 ferrari f40s um that, awesome. th- those were retired a few years ago and those are worth like at least maybe not quite three times what wow but those are worth a lot interesting so some you know some some lego sets will go up a lot in value That's if, they, cool. if they're retired um but some will go down so some are just not worth what you paid for them i wonder what the average like internal rate of return on a lego set is yeah it's i mean i know people wrote articles like saying it, the average i don't know i don't know the number but like it's just gone up basically a lot like you know 10 percent per year or whatever it might not be that exactly but the I kind of, you know, I know that on average the Legos I bought are worth more than what I paid. But yeah. you know, getting 
how far they beaten inflation, I guess. Is yeah, I don't, and that, and getting rid of them is another story. I mean, it's story. Like, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you sell them on eBay, it's like, uh, you still have to pay like all the fine, all the fees and right. stuff, and it's it might end up not. It might end up just being a waste of time. Yeah. Like uh, for all the trouble it, that it's worth in the end. So. Well, they're cool to look at too. So I don't know. Yeah, I I mean, <laughs> I've got Legos. Yeah, as an alternative asset <laughs> class, man, it's pretty cool. It's much cooler than like, I don't know, oil or well, something. Well, <laughs> at least you can see it, as opposed to crypto. Yeah, you can't um, see crypto. That's a and you know if you lose your hash key, you're really in trouble. Or if you, if your house burns down, your yeah, Legos will fair. burn down. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, you know, trade-offs, man. But that's so true. will your GPU computer. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, so, so I guess they're equal in that way. Yeah, that's really cool. That's super cool. Well, Eric, thanks so much for coming out tonight. And uh, sorry for the technical difficulties, but I think we we created a really cool show. Yeah, we um, we fi- we uh, I don't know what I'm saying. We, we fixed it. We figured it out. New equipment tonight. So, you know. Yep. That's all I was going to ask. Awesome. Well, thanks, Eric. And yep. uh, we'll You're have welcome. to have you on again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's our show for today. I'm Will Jarvis. And I'm Will's dad. Join us next week for more narratives. 